the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on this show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. I got to ask you a question. What's up? Uh, is congratulations in order? It is in order. Congratulations is in order. Oh my God. Can I tell you how happy I am that like the cat's out of the bag? I don't like holding on to secrets. I, I not that it's even just like a secret, but it's like, you know, you do got to keep, you know, shit under wraps for a second. Um, so it's nice to just like have it out there. It's real. There's that other part of it, too. And I think that kind of comes from like the years of like doing jobs and like having the heartache of like, oh, it's not going to happen or I didn't book this job or the audition went bad or whatever. I know that's obviously not the case with this, but it feels like if you say something out loud, you're going to like curse it or something or like loose lips sink ships or something. I don't know. I'm the same way. It's like, don't don't say it. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very weird. So, you know, I had a pretty tight circle of people that I had told. Um, and uh, anyways, yeah, it's out there. And I'm like so excited. I'm so excited to be back in the world of professional wrestling. And not that it feels like I it, it does feel like I left in the in the sense of like being at the shows, working at the shows, being around the ring, shooting the shit with everybody, seeing what the creative looks like, all that stuff. Like, I love that aspect. And, you know, in the last 
two and a half years with us doing this show. And of course, guys, the show still goes on just as usual. This, uh, you know, me joining AEW does not affect uh, the sessions at all. Um, I mean, other than getting like more great guests, but um, <laughs> which actually, I, you know, even to to give a little nod about that is like AEW has always been so great to us for for booking guests as as is. So it's already been an easy process. But um, yeah, I just, you know, it feels so cool to just be back in this world. Like, yeah, we've been able to be here and doing these interviews and you're still hanging out with people. It's through Zoom and you're having different conversations than you would have backstage. Um, we're not talking too much wrestling, wrestling. But now to be like back in it, like, God, I do miss it. I do miss it. I have missed it. Um, and, you know, for me to like, you know, obviously shit, we watch so much wrestling in this house. We talk so much wrestling in this house. And it was always sort of like an odd displaced sort of feeling anytime I went to shows with John, because I'm always used to like being at the shows, but working and being useful and contributing. So being there for the duration of John being at AEW and not doing that and just like being there, being like John's wife, and I'm just like hanging out and I'll pop through catering and grab a bite. And yeah, it's it's just a different feeling kind of going there as a guest as opposed to now being like, oh my God, yay, cool. I go here now. So, all right, let's do this because I, I, I want to back up a little bit. Let's, okay. let, let's back up. First back off, up. folks, Beep. I want to go back to the Beep. two years prior. So, you leave WWE, right? And it, we don't have to cover that ground. That ground's already been covered. You, you said your piece. I just felt like I had done everything there that I could possibly do. And, you know, I think even too, like looking back at my time in WWE, and I just would like to like reiterate as well, because I feel like it can get very muddy in these conversations um, because people become very territorial about WWE versus AEW and all that. I want nothing to do with any of that. I love so many people at both companies. Um, WWE was so great to me for years, of course. Yeah, shit, I could have my gripes about things, but who couldn't about any job? Um, they gave me such a great platform and I had, I really did have a great time there. And obviously this opportunity now with AEW would not be afforded to me had I not had the reputation and career that I was able to have in WWE. So you leave you go off on your own, right? And this is the journey that you've been on and you've been crushing it. Here she goes, forging her own path. Miss Americana coming in hot. Canadiana. Let's be honest, though. You really have. In the short amount of time that you decided to bet on yourself, because it's very, <laughs> very easy to stay at a company that will pay you the back. Very scary when that money stops coming in, too. Let me just put that out there. That's a little bit of a gulp. Like, oh my God, I left this job. Oh, wait, they're going to stop paying me when I leave? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, I, my asshole got, got real tight that first time that those WWE checks stopped coming in, babe. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I know. But you've done what you've done. This podcast has been number one in several different spaces several times. You've interviewed so far the biggest, the best, and the brightest, a lot of up-and-comers as well. But also you have maneuvered the show into the annals of pop culture now where you interviewed other people as well so you showed that you have a extremely like versatile reach where you do everything so much so that now you're working with the cincinnati Bengals. you saw that one coming right oh I, I did i mean you could just listen you could just tell when what and the one thing i like about you and this is not a kiss renee's ass episode even though we you know what it. let's make it that can we 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Obviously. Pucker up, buttercups. <laughs> Renee wants My her love on social is media. On. Let's go. Let's smooch it out. In all honesty, um, the stuff that you've been able to do, you really did fortify that I can hang outside of doing whatever it is that I was doing with WWE, right? And and it just goes into the fact that, you know what, they need somebody like you. They need your professionalism. They need your candor. They need your wit. They need your charisma. You know, now you'll get into it, but like, I don't know what you're doing there. Is it is it an on-camera role? Is it a producer's role? Is it a mixture of both? Like, do you know what you're doing there? Or did you just sign to do some on-camera segments to go off from that? And what was your decision to go back and do it besides you and John watching copious amounts of professional wrestling <laughs> and you missing professional wrestling? What was the thing to bring you back into professional wrestling because you did carve your own path and now you do have your own lane. So, you know, I think for me is like, you know, it's a really funny moment right now where I feel like over the past two and a half years, I planted a lot of seeds. And while you're planting those seeds, you're watering them. Are they growing? Is the thing doing what I want it to be doing? Oh, God, did I overwater something? Shit, this thing's dried out, blah, 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 all those different things that now I really feel like I'm at a point where they're sprouting. Some things are really coming out of the ground. And I think that's a reminder to myself, to anybody listening to this, that like, you know, when I left WWE, it wasn't that instant, like, cool, I'm doing this and I'm doing this. I didn't really have any like announcements. I wasn't, you know, I was doing my own thing and kind of grinding away, but it's not like I was like, I'm joining Good Morning America or like something like that, (laughs) you know, like I was home. I just had a baby. Um, That was like a whole ordeal. Obviously, like, you know, you're having a kid, you're pregnant for nine months, you figure out being a mom for the first time while also carving your own path and trying to figure all that stuff out. Um, So there's definitely like those ups and those downs and it's not that instant gratification. And I would be remiss to not say that there weren't times that I didn't think like, oh my God, I feel like I am batting my head against the wall. I am barking up the wrong trees. Should I just be like calling it for now and like just hang at home with my kid and like no shade to that at all. Like that's a beautiful option. And honestly, when I was looking at those those options for me, I was like, I love spending time with my kid. How lucky would I be to be a mom that can spend that much time with her daughter? And I, you know, I still do get to spend a lot of time with my daughter. So it's not like, you know, of course I have these jobs that will take me away a little bit more as as we figure out, um, you know, traveling with a kid and all those things that we have not figured out yet. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that one for the time being. We'll, we're going to sort that out as we go. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just, it's those ups and those downs and now being able to see like, okay, cool. This, you know, to have the podcast be doing what it's doing, working with really great people at the volume, working with, with Colin to the fact that he wanted to bring us on so early on to us starting this podcast. Like that to me was like certainly a pat on the back testament to what we're doing. Eight episodes in. Yeah. Oh my God. To have to see like Colin Cowards in my DMs being like, cool show. I was like, excuse me, sir. What? Great. Um, so to like have that and now to like have like this opportunity with the Bengals, like that was something like coming from the world of wrestling and being known for just doing wrestling. It's really hard to break out of that mold. And it's not a mold that I wanted to just like shake off and be like, I don't do wrestling. I don't talk wrestling. That was not what I was ever trying to do. But as you are trying to get into other spotlights and into other lanes, it can be a little bit difficult to sort of break out of that 
corner that you've been kind of painted in. Um, so to have this opportunity at the Bengals and to have like my own series with them, get my foot in the door, talk to some other athletes. And, you know, of course, football players are different than professional wrestlers, but an athlete is an athlete is an athlete. They're, everyone's working hard. Everyone has different circumstances and all of those things. So for me to be able to, be able to like start a, a, a series with them, Renee all day, baby. So to have that happen and now this opportunity with AEW. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess going back to your question, which has now taken me approximately 35 minutes to get to answer, is that, you know, it's missing being around professional wrestling. It's missing that TV aspect of doing things. I love that I get to work from home. I love that I can pop upstairs, turn on the microphone, turn on the camera, do the podcast. Um, you know, I was doing hits for the NHL network all from right here as well. Like I lived a really great life of being able to work from home while we were all stuck in COVID. And that's just how everyone was existing to, to being like, yeah, you know, I miss that. I miss the crowds. I miss the lights. I miss the like outfits and the the like the aspect of like putting on like an actual show. I'm ready to get out of my fucking sweatpants is what I'm saying. I think there's a big difference in doing what we do and then when it is on. Yes. You got to there is a different yes. type of thrill and is a different type of excitement. Yes. Yes. I was privy for a little while to to be during like the whole pop and circumstance of a of a live production like that and you know, I understand what it's like when you're the, it's a lot of excitement. It's a lot of moving parts. You're a part of that fixture and you're a part of that, that ever spinning cog. And I think it's, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm very excited to see what it is that you will do. So I'm going to fight someone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it might be that time, you know, to finally. Are you kidding me? At 37, all of a sudden I'm going to lace up some boots. Have you gone mad? DDP was damn near almost in his 40s. Actually, you know what? That's a really strong point. Listen, you slapped the Miz. I, like, you know, you could, you could, you could do it. I grazed the Miz. Maybe now, <laughs> just saying, you know, maybe you put MJF in a Kimura. Just saying. Or maybe a heel hook. Wow. Okay, we're going for submissions. I th I think you're a scrappy fighter. I think you 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 bring it in and you know, <laughs> hook that heel. And like, oh my gosh. So how did the conversation start? Like, was it one of those things where, and you've never been staunchly goes, no, I'm not doing this. Like, that's never, that's never you. One of the things that I love doing with you is, is the show is your openness to doing anything and interviewing almost anybody that piques your interest. Because again, you're a conversationalist and you like conversation. We don't really get anywhere from saying no. You know, that's something that I've really learned over the time is like, you never know, like, God, we've done episodes with people that I'm like, I don't really know anything about this person, so, you know, when we're like getting ready to do it or like, what's this person's background? What are we getting into? But then like those sometimes end up being like my favorite episodes when you're just like listening to somebody and learning and like all ears, all eyes. Like I, I love, I love that aspect. And that's, it's funny. I feel like I say that to people all the time. It's like, that. I feel like that's kind of what my career has been is saying yes to opportunities and making the most of them. I've never had this like clear cut. I'm going to do this one thing. Like, yeah, I've got, I've got ideas and I've got goals and I've got things that I want to do for sure. But I think a lot of those, they like break off from the ideas of things that I've already said yes to. So how did the conversation like get broached. Did Tony come up to you one day and was like, hey, this is what we're thinking. Would you like to do this? Like, how did that, how did that convo start? So it's kind of funny because 
As much as I had been around a lot, I really never talked to Tony about coming into AEW. And um, a lot of it was, this this is probably going to sound bad, and I'm sure people are going to take this out of context, but honestly, a lot of it was talking to John of being like, man, like I want to get back into, I want to be back in the wrestling world. I miss being around it. I miss doing stuff. And, you know, as he's like, thinking about like what the shows look like and his role on the shows and all that. Like most of our conversations were internally between John and I um, about figuring out like, yeah, I want to do something. I want to come back. I don't know what that conversation is. How do like, how are we going to go about that kind of thing? Um, And him and Tony are obviously very close. Um, They spend tons of time talking about things. So I think it was more so like them talking about it because I don't know if it was like, I think a lot of people just thought that I was sort of like done with wrestling to a degree. And maybe they didn't want to like ask me to do something they thought that I didn't want to do, or they didn't want to step on John's toes or any of those things. Like it could have been, and those are all very real things that that could have been. Um, But yeah, I think like it was just the timing of everything. I want to be there as a broadcaster, as a personality. I want to be able to help other people if they want help or need help on things. Like I want to be an ear for people um, in any way that I can. Um, yeah, just kind of use, you know, my eight years experience having having worked in WWE to to seeing how I can sort of help in AEW now. Right. And and not to talk out of school because that's not this is not what we're about, but you can tell that they're on air like interview people. They need help. It it need they need some some mentoring a little bit. Well, here's here's what I'll say though too is like I always think that the interviewer role in professional wrestling has been a very God. What is like the word? I don't want to say like a misunderstood or undervalued position. I guess I guess undervalued might be the word um, because a lot of times they're supposed to be invisible so to speak in the sense of like the way that a referee is it's you're not there you're not selling tickets you're not the big character people aren't coming to see you so you know and that's always been like the vibe of like don't say anything don't react to anything and then you end up with people that that do kind of end up being um, a mic stand Um, that's always been how it has been and I had to fight that my whole time in WWE of like trying to have subtle reactions to things, trying to get my personality out there more. And I think being able to achieve that over my time being there. Uh, but I, I think, you know, often the role of being an interviewer in a pro wrestling space can be a little bit of a funny, it's, it's very odd waters to navigate sometimes in terms of how much personality are we doing how much of ourselves are we bringing forward? How can we make the talent better? How can we help the wrestlers better? How do we give them that spotlight during a promo, during an interview? And this is going to be a different situation with AEW as well, because, you know, my time with WWE was very much so like, here's the interview, here's the script, this is what we're going to do. And that's not how AEW operates. So that's exciting for me, given the time that we've had doing this show, me doing interviews over the past however long, is now I get to like actually interview people, if that makes sense. And not that I, you know, it's I was reading scripts before and I enjoy doing that, but this is a different like actually interviewing people about things. They would hand you the script. Let's just say, we'll just say this. Okay, um, my guest right now, Braun Strowman. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Braun, tonight you're going to be facing the beast Brock Lesnar. And how do you think you're going to overcome these odds? Like, that's how it is. And like, it's fine because you're just, you know, you're passing the baton. You're giving the guy the the moment to say what he needs to say. And that then- was smooth, by the way. Yeah, duh. So I had Rachel Evans on the other day and we were talking about how I lived in a haunted house at one point. So to now further dive into this story, I've brought on my mom, Carol. Hi, mom. It's a podcast, so you, you got to say hi and not just a wave. Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's video too. Uh, and then my brother, Eric. What up? Hello. Okay, so we can all confirm that, yes, we lived in a haunted house. Yes. We lived in a house where strange things happened. Wait, are you going to kind of like be on the side that you don't believe that the house was haunted? Well, I guess that depends on what we think like a haunting is. Okay, that's fair. In in my opinion, there was a ghost in that house. Is I don't know that I don't know that that means that you're haunted, but for the sake of it sounding better to say that the house was haunted. It was a friendly ghost. Like it never did stuff to scare us. It was just like I don't know if you guys remember or not, but remember when we had Ike the Rottweiler, he would always sit in the corner of the living room and stare at the corner. He did that all the time and that is definitely a sign and Sid did that too because we had the boxer he also did that do you remember yeah yeah animals are really um in tune to spirits and I totally 100% believe in them and plus somebody died in our house so okay you're jumping ahead sorry slow down just calm it down (laughs) for one second okay so I feel like I've talked about this a ton, whether it's just like talking to friends. I've spoken about it on the podcast before in different like instances, but there's a part of me that's like, am I making some of this up or like, am I remembering it differently than it actually happened? Am I like fabricating things? I don't know. So I'm going to like give you guys the floor. What was like, I'll, I'll go to Eric first. What was like your first like I guess when you really noticed that something was like happening, that was weird. Well, I think the first thing that we both noticed was the sound of someone walking down the stairs that were in between both of our bedrooms. Yeah. Like our bedrooms mirrored each other. We lived in a bungalow and there was like three or two, you know, three or four stairs that went down to our bedrooms and it was our bedrooms faced each other. Yeah. Like our, our, I think our bedrooms were, like extensions off the back of the house. I don't think those rooms were originally on that house. Um, Yeah. So there was like four steps that went down and then, you know, like my bedroom was on the right and yours was on the left. I remember waking up one night and we had both heard the same thing and we kind of had both opened our doors and we're like, who just walked down the stairs? You know, it wasn't either one of us sneaking out. I don't think. Yeah, like I remember hearing like a lot of like the pacing up and down the stairs. Like that was a for sure. And I always feel like there was like bangs on our doors. Like I remember bangs hitting my doors and you and I, same thing. We'd open up our doors and be in the hallway. Like what was that? And I mean, I feel like that only lasted like a little while though. Like that didn't persist. Like I feel like that only happened for like a fairly short period of time. It's enough time for me to be scared out of my pants. It did go away, 
And it's because um, a friend of mine who was really into spirits and stuff, he said, if you read this passage out loud from a Bible, the spirit will go. And I honestly think it did, but I was like shitting myself reading that. <laughs> and we'll we'll get into that stuff because I think that is kind of what like closes a lot of this stuff out. But we were older. We were not like kids when this happened either. So it's not like we have like a child's mind of what had happened. Like we were both like teenagers. You were just about to go off to college. But we never, none of us really spoke about this when we all lived in the house together. Like I don't feel like we were ever like, the house is haunted, right? I don't feel like we actually talked about that until you moved out, I moved to LA, and then we all started kind of talking about it. I guess it did kind of persist because Justin, my friend, moved in after college was done and lived there for a couple months. And he experienced the same things, didn't he? Well, Justin and I would also go to um, the the old Whitby Insane Asylum. So maybe we were like conjuring up some ghosts with that. I mean, I, I, used to, I used to go there all the time. Maybe we brought something home. That was like the thing to do for us when we were like teenagers was to go like hang out. There's like an old abandoned uh, mental hospital. But, you know, that's kind of what I was saying is like, was it a haunting or was it something else? Because haunting, I guess, is tied to a place Whereas like a poltergeist or something else like that is tied to a person. Funny that you say that too, because so when I had Rachel Evans on, she does um, like catching a ghost on camera. She does like a lot of those like discovery travel shows. Like she is like in on the go. She's got her finger on the pulse. She knows what's up. And I was explaining to her some of these things. And mom, do you remember when you were, you would like be in the shower and you would heard my voice? Oh yeah. That was the big kicker for me. I was in the, I wasn't in the shower. I was just in the bathroom with the door closed. You guys were sleeping. You dropping a deuce? No, not that day. And, um, <laughs> and I heard someone say Lola, like our, my little dog called Lola, who was in the bathroom with me. And I opened the door and I went, Oh, that's weird. No, no one's out there. It was a lady's voice. And then I went down to check on you guys. You were out cold. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. I had also heard a voice in the bathroom as well. You did? I didn't know that. I was home alone and I was like getting ready to go meet some friends or something. And I was in the bathroom. I think I had just gotten out of the shower and I heard someone whisper my name like directly in my ear. And what's weird about that too is, so I was telling this to Rachel when I, like I had a whispering right in my ear as well, but I was sleeping and it was one of those like I woke up and I was like, was that a dream? Did that actually happen? But I could have sworn that I felt like someone's like hot breath even on my face. And they whispered in my ear, I'm coming with you. And it was when I was moving to LA. Like I woke up and I was like, that must have been a dream. Like what the hell? But if it like whispered in your ear too, no, like, whole, yeah, I <laughs> know you're not. You're not coming with me. Leave me alone. So, but she was saying, Rachel was saying, I don't know for, for you, mom, if it was trying to like imitate my voice or what. But she said that can be like a pretty bad sign that it's actually not like a friendly ghost. I think this was a friendly ghost for sure. Or spirit, not a ghost, like a spirit, because I mean, it never did stuff. What's the difference? Is there a difference between a ghost and a spirit? Well, I think a ghost is like Halloween. A spirit is like someone's spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I got you. <laughs> and also when I moved out of that house and I moved into Keswick, I was sleeping and something lifted the end of my bed. That freaked me out. I'm like, oh my God, did that ghost or spirit follow me? 
Have you guys had anything happen after those things? I never had anything happen since we moved out of that house. Me neither. I just had that thing in Keswick because I went, oh my gosh, is, did that spirit follow me? But then that was the only thing I experienced and it was like kind of weird. But um, yeah, I was not afraid of the spirit on Simpson Road though at all. I didn't, not that I would say that I felt afraid of it. I mean, ghosts are fucking terrifying anyways. Like I'm not, I don't want to like be around ghosts. I would like to put that out to the universe. I would let them move in with me. Like I just. Why do you like them so much? You know, as long as they're friendly and, you know, just want to hang. It's fine. It's nice to have some company, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I live alone. Yeah, that's right, Eric. Hell no. So. (laughs) I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to my ghost friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's. They all freak me out. I don't really want anything to do with with any of it. But um. Yeah, like what, Eric, didn't you see something on the stairs or something at one point? Or were you stoned at that point? Uh, well. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> I don't think I saw anything on the stairs, no. It was just always, you know, hearing something there. I always felt like something was like watching me. Like I would always just have that like eerie feeling of like something being over my shoulder, something watching, like especially when I was in my bedroom, like because we had our computers in our room. So we were always in there like doing homework and, you know, doing whatever instant messenger chat. (laughs) But I always just felt like something was like there watching. Again, with those two rooms being add ons to the house. Like, I'm curious if, like, something was disturbed in the soil or something um, with that addition being made in the back there. Real poltergeist. Our house also backed on to, like, a hospital. God, I never thought about that. That's right. We were directly across the street from the hospital. I honestly think it was the lady that died downstairs. Just a preface for people, this house, it was a bungalow, but there was a full basement apartment as well. And the woman that died lived in the basement apartment before we ever moved in there, right? Just before we moved in there. Because I bought that house from one of my clients and uh, she sold it uh, because they they weren't living in there. They had a monstrous house. And uh, when the lady died, she sold the house. Okay, so I mean, I feel like that kind of just like puts a button in it that like the woman that had died, it must have been that. I remember being in the basement one time and like basements are creepy anyways. That basement wasn't actually creepy because it was a finished basement, but I would always haul my ass up those stairs real quick. As, As soon as I shut off those lights, I was like booking it out of there. I was up those stairs. But I remember being downstairs one time and I had a can of Coke, probably Diet Coke, um, and it started to spin and move down the table. Granted, I'm sure that was just like the condensation from it. And like, I'm sure it wasn't a ghost, but I've never fucking moved faster in my life as I did when that happened. Like thinking that it was like right there moving. My well, I, I did hear her talk like um, when, when Lola was in the bathroom with me and she, she called Lola's name. It was like so weird. Like I would even like have like girlfriends come over and like sleep over and not tell them that like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like, hey, by the way, there's a probably a ghost in my house like that was never a conversation being had. But when we'd be sleeping, same thing as like Eric was saying too, where like they'd be like, what is that sound? Like I remember even hearing like the like the dishwasher opening like there was a lot of action happening. Like it was a very active ghost slash spirit, I would say. And, you know, um. Like when 
people are dying also. They see spirits. When my grandmother died, she would do the same thing. Like when she was dying, she would also look up to the ceiling and say, oh, look, there's, you know, and she'll say the, you know, her relatives' names that she could see and stuff. I'm sure there's a, you know, physical reason for that. It's your brain. Okay, you're not here to dispel the ghosts. Just let the ghosts and the angels live and exist. Also, when my mom was uh, in palliative care, in her room, she would look at, she'd see, saw the bathroom door, it was closed, and she went, oh, look at all the names of the people who died in this room. And I'm like, what? Hell to the no. And she could see the list of names on the door. One of them was my aunt. No, sorry, she would be my cousin. She also died in that same bed, which is palliative care, but she also died in that same bed. Okay, so all this stuff is happening. Eric moves out to college. I'm getting ready to move to California. And that's when I feel like you and I really spoke about this on like, I don't know if it was like on the flight there or like leading up to whatever. But I remember you you were going to do that passage thing when you got home. So what all went into this? Where did you get the passage? Who told you about it? What did you do? It was actually Wayne Ferguson. Family friend. He was really good friends with Mike Mandel. You know, the, um, oh, what is he, what does he do? He does like, a, you know, he'll bring people up and hypnotize them and all that. And he was really tuned to spirits. And so Wayne said, read this passage. And I honestly couldn't tell you what passage it was, but you have to read it out loud because Mike had told him that. So when you guys were at home, I'm sitting there reading it. And honestly, I'm going, okay, this is really scary. <laughs> What if it turns the ghost like into a psychopath? Honestly, <laughs> the like ghost like enters your entire soul and takes you over. Holy shit. Yeah, but honestly, I don't think I had any more activity with that ghost after that. But I was kind of bummed that I did that, actually. You're weird. I know. I live by myself. I need company. That's extra reason. If I was living by myself, I for sure would not want a ghost there. Get another dog or something. I could live buy a house right next to a gravesite and no problem. I could not. There's no way. I don't know if you know this, but when somebody close to you dies and you start finding dimes, that's the spirit telling you that they're watching over you. And you would not believe like Marilyn, Rhonda, like all of this, all of a sudden started finding dimes. Those are all my aunts, by the way. Yeah. Like we all started finding dimes and, uh, I haven't found any for a long time, but uh, when mom first died, I did. And I didn't know what it meant. I just went, oh, that's weird. Why do I have all these dimes? And then a friend of mine is um, indigenous Indian. And he said, oh, that's your, a spirit trying to let you know they're looking over you. Oh, I'll tell you another story. One of my friends, a client friend died a little while ago. And he never, ever kept change in his car. And his girlfriend, I was talking to his girlfriend and she said, Carol, it's the weirdest thing. She said, um, I went into his car and there was a dime on each seat. She goes, he never, ever had change in his car or like on his seat. So when you, when I die and you guys find dimes, just saying, Hey, (laughs) yeah, throw a little cash my way. Um, okay. So that I feel like kind of like wraps up the like Simpson road, uh, ghost story. Uh, I feel like it was it would have been the woman that died. But I think to what you said too, Eric, of like, we were directly across the street from a hospital. Maybe it was multiple ghosts. Maybe it was more than one. I don't think it was the woman that died. I mean, and do we even know that she, like she died 
there. She did not die in the house, though, did she? No, she died there. She lived there, but she did not die actually in the house. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it was in the house. No, because she had cancer, didn't she? Didn't she die in the hospital? And I don't know that she had cancer. I don't know where you got that from. Mm, Conflicting answers here. I'm not sure I got that from either, but I'm pretty sure that that's factual. She wasn't like murdered in the house or anything. Oh, no. No, she'd probably be angry if she was. So, Mom, you have seen ghosts before, though, right? Like, I think you you are certainly the one that is conjuring these ghouls up because that's sort of my only standalone. I do feel like maybe I saw one when I was very young. I have like a very like vivid, strong memory of living on Andrea and feeling like there was like a goat. Like I woke up and there was like a ghost like on my chest. But I was like four, so I could be wrong. Oh, I don't know. Had a cold. <laughs> I also feel like we watched like horror films quite a bit earlier than maybe, you know, kids should. When I first moved in with Marilyn and Pat, I was, I moved from Ottawa. I was only about 20. Marilyn and Pat is her sister and brother-in-law. I woke up, honestly, I was horrified. I couldn't talk. I couldn't scream. There was a man sitting on my bed and he just kept going like this. Like tilting his head back and forth. It freaked me out. And then I must have just like passed out or something. And I told Marilyn about it. And she said she had this pretty much the same thing happen to her. That was like the most horrifying thing that ever happened to me. Because I'm like, oh, my God. And I just, I couldn't get any sound out of me. I was horrified. Maybe it was just an actual man that lived in a crawl space. Ooh. Yeah, maybe. But no, he, it was Popping weird. up to get a little pee. And it was nobody that I knew, you know, like, because I could see his face and everything. It was just like, Wow. That's really strange. And also when Marilyn and Pat lived in England, um, Marilyn. They you got all the ghost stories. Keep them coming. Oh, yeah. Um, Mar- they lived in, you know, a house with their aunt. And they had a pub downstairs. And Marilyn was tired, so she went up to bed. She lived on, like, the top floor. She looked at her window, and there was a man hanging from the tree. It's disturbing. And that happens a lot. And she wasn't the only one that saw it. She was there with um I don't even know what band, but there was some other band. They were all close friends from Toronto, and they experienced something like that, too. Now, that would scare me. All of this would scare me. Even, like, if Casper showed up in my house, like, I understand you're friendly, but please vacate the premise. I'm not interested. I'm all about spirits. They don't argue with you. They don't have attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes they do have an attitude. Sometimes they do bring an attitude. Um, Eric, you just moved into a new house. Did you do any kind of like cleansing ritual to your house? No, I haven't. So you should probably do one, says me, who also lives in the house from 1880 and didn't do anything either. But, you know, it is spooky season. So we'll see if anything pops up here. I did start doing like a bit of, I did start doing like a bit of digging. And I found some information, not on the house specifically, but I guess. Like a lot of these houses were lived in by people that were in World War One, uh, so you know there's probably maybe some bad energy here somewhere. Guys, not to freak anybody out here, but we just had to restart the record again. This is my second episode for like my spooky Halloween series, talking about ghost things, where the recording has like abruptly stopped. I understand the internet can be a little shoddy from time to time. But I think that it's more ghosts. It's internet ghosts. They're haunting us all. It's all happening. Um, uh, so, yes, when I moved into the house in Vegas, I did um, I did like a whole saging process. 
So I made John walk around the house with me. I was like, I think we've got to like do it together. We like are holding hands and like fucking saging every corner of the house. Then I read that you're actually, you have to open all the windows so that the spirits can all get out or not the spirits, but like the bad energy can all get out of your house. So then I did it again to try to like just cleanse the house. And granted, I never had any kind of like weird, that house never felt weird or creepy to me. And now our our new old house, same thing, we moved in here and I, I didn't do anything to this house though, but I, I'm kind of with you, Eric, that like I like moving into this house that was built in 1880, I was like, okay, there's got, it's going to be creaky. It's, I'm going to hear stuff like it's, it's got to freak me out. And I've really not felt that at all in this house. So I'm just, yeah, I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie, I guess. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full-length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there, and you can see us talking having this interview, having a hangout. It's all up on there. Um, And that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So uh, I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know. Jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them. Maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.